Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the ISI Life podcast. ISI stands for Iron Sharpens Iron, which comes from Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And that's really what we're trying to do here within this podcast, but in the ISI life in general. We're helping people do things God's way. Uh, when we focus on five Fs, we focus on faith, family, faculty, finance, and fitness. And rather than compartmentalizing those, how can we put faith at the center of what we're doing and how that can shift, can make the biggest difference in all of those areas, in our in our work, in our, in our fitness, in our finances. So what we do here is we interview people on the podcast who are uh, you know upcoming speakers, past speakers, who can uh, give wisdom. And today we have an awesome guy. His name is Mark Brown. He is the owner of True North Coaching and Consulting. He's got 32 years of coaching and developing uh, others uh, and experience working with people of all levels, local, national, um, all levels of experience, background. So an amazing guy. And he was recently on our um, Stay Sharp Saturday and gave some great tools that I thought the audience would find really useful. You know, he's speaking at the Columbus retreat uh, coming up here in a few weeks and um, he's captured some of the essence of his talk that I think will be really helpful for you as you try to work on your relationships and having better relationships with others. And uh, it's a great conversation. I hope you will gain something from it. And all of the show notes are on our website. Uh, if you go to the isilife.com, you can click on podcast, go on Mark Brown. And I mentioned that now because we're talking about a, uh, like a little quadrant, a little four quadrant, you know, Q1 through Q4. And we're talking about different elements uh, throughout this conversation. So if you're at a spot to pull that up, um, great looking at it, I think might give you a little bit of helpful nugget as we're kind of cruising through the conversation. If not, no big deal. You'll get the essence of it. But I just wanted to mention that it's there. Uh, also on the website is all the other resources, all of our former podcasts, and I've got a bunch of great free tools and resources that can help you grow in those five Fs. So without further ado, I um, hope you enjoy the conversation here with Mark Brown. Well, Mark, I am uh, really excited to be with you today and capture some some awesome discussions for the whole ISI community. So thanks for being with us. My pleasure. It's good to be here. So maybe we'll first start with um, your story, your upbringing, background, and, um, and then maybe translate into how you got involved with ISI. Okay. Yeah, I, I grew up in the Chicagoland area. Uh, and then uh, once I graduated from college, I came on staff with crew and spent two years at the Ohio State University, as they like to say. Yeah. My wife is a graduate, so the definite article is important to her. <laughs> and then uh, 1991, I uh, tra tra transferred to Miami University and was there from 1991 until 2018 with crew. So I was working there. Um, and the campus ministry started out in the Greek system and then did some things with actually leading the team there. And one of my favorite things I did there was um, a father-son retreat that I did mm. about three different times with college eight sons and their, and their dads. It was probably one of the most significant things I've ever done. Really? And then in that, I, I was motivated to go back to get some more education to kind of prove that the father is important in his son's life between ages of 18 and 25. And if you know, then you're like, yeah, of course it is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I proved that. Uh, I proved that and defended that. Uh, and in there, I kind of transitioned, um, worked a bit with Athletes in Action, which is um, mm -hmm. a crew ministry. And then in 2018, we moved to Indianapolis to work with Crew City. So my wife and I uh, worked with 20-somethings, um, kind of helping them transition into the, um, the work, work, work world here in Indy. And uh, when COVID hit, we kind of pivoted and did some coaching. And also in there, I was, I was kind of getting the itch to start a business. So in 2021, uh, I left staff um, and started this, uh, true North coaching consulting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I've been in at it about a year and a half. I've got six coaches that work for me and, um, I'm also a Townsend affiliate. So that allows me to, um, run a Townsend leadership program, which is a 12 month leadership cohort of which right now I'm leading two. Wow. Uh, so we meet once a month in Columbus, Ohio for a, a day. And then I coach those participants once a month for an hour. And then I also, have one of those in Orlando, Florida, and do the same thing, fly down there, spend a day with uh, a bunch of leaders, and then coach them um, an hour a month. Man. And so my wife is still on staff, and I'm, I'm doing this uh, full-time. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit about my career transition. I love it. That's awesome. Well, congrats on, man, the, the couple... 
you know, jogs in the path there and, and what you're into. It seems like you're settling into a sweet spot of yours. Oh, lo- I absolutely love it. I, I, I feel like I was created for this space. And um, I, lo- I love my time with crew. I, I would, I would do it again. I have no regrets, but it's, you know, being kind of being outside of crew and then going back to coaching people involved in that ministry has been a very, um, hmm. it's just a unique, uh, perspective. And yeah, so I kind of understand like the organization, but then being outside of it, I add some, um, some objective reality and some value that is hard to experience when you're in it. So that's yeah. been very, um, fruitful actually to be able to go back and coach a number of staff. Yeah, from oh, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, it was great. You did, uh, you shared with us on the, our stage sharp Saturday call, um, the last one that we did here and, um, just had, you know, a lot of great wisdom to share. You could, you could tell you're passionate about what you do. Sure. You can tell you have a lot of, um, a lot of value to add and, you know, not just, you know, from knowledge perspective, but you I can tell that you genuinely care about people and them, uh, you know, just living, you know, they're the best life that God has for them, which is, yeah. um, kind of what all the ISI guys are, are here to do. So, yeah, I caught that when I was there. <laughs> it's, a, it's a motivated group of men, which I, I really, I like, you know, I like hanging out with people that are motivated and, yeah. um, and want to influence other, their families and, and other people. And so that was definitely a, a kind of a privilege to be a part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I want to jump into what you shared on that stay sharp call, but I just, I got to ask, cause you, you mentioned, um, your, one of your favorite things was the father son, uh, yeah. retreat that you put on. What was, what was it about that? That made it one of your standout well, moments? It's, um, I really believe, um, that when the father is out of the family system, either, um, literally absent or emotionally absent, the, the family unit, um, disintegrates pretty quickly. It becomes mm. very dysfunctional, very difficult. And so yeah. um, being on campus for all those years, I ran into so many young men that didn't really have good relationships with their dads. And they wanted to know, uh, is that normal? And then how, how could, you know, how could they grow in that relationship? And myself, I mean, I thought that, um, you know, I've got four children and I thought, Years ago, I thought, well, once once you hit 18, I'm done. <laughs> it's like, check. And actually, I'm just sort of beginning in a lot of ways and coming alongside my adult children uh, in this space. So, so, so I was motivated to help these young men learn. And the other thing was I wanted to create a space for um, young men to actually cultivate a friendship with their dads. And it, it just, it's just, it's a tough thing for most dads to go from, okay, my son is at my home um, he's in high school and he's graduated. Now what do I do? Like, how do I, how do I even have a conversation with him? And so mm-hmm. really I created this, um, this weekend experience to create a lot of space for, um, the fathers and sons to cultivate their, their friendship. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, one, one, I'll give you one story that just solidified why I thought it was so significant. Um, throughout the weekend, I, um, have the father's, verbally affirm their sons hmm. and tell them the three things that every son would love to hear from their dad, which is, I love you. I'm proud of you. And this is what you're good at. And so I have, you know, during breakfast and lunch and dinner, I have the, um, the fathers do kind of share that publicly. So, uh, on a couple occasions, some fathers were uncomfortable. So they would write a note, which is, which is totally fine. But most of them would share it out loud. And you could, you could kind of, kind of sense in the room, the unbelievable, emotion between the father and son. Hmm. And then the last morning, that morning, I, we gave space for the sons to honor their fathers. And, um, that's, that was, that was really powerful Hmm. to have the sons to actually communicate, um, what they think about their dads. And one particular son came, uh, with his stepdad and he said, you came here this weekend as my stepdad and you leave this weekend as my father. Hmm. I thought, what just happened there? (laughs) So that's just one of, I mean, countless uh, examples of, you know, I I feel like I was just creating space to um, kind of aligning a father and son to what's on God's heart. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and when you do that, just significant things happen. And so that's, that was a little bit of the father son. And it was, it was really, I was yeah. really kind of anxious to be honest, I was sort of angry at these uh, one particular son. He, he asked his dad like twice to come and he, he said, no, it just made me it just, I'm like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Your son's asking you to come for a weekend. So that's what motivated me to go and do the research and say, actually, uh, it's really important. Um, um, ages 18 to 25 to be engaged in your son's life. In fact, I would suggest, um, and I'll stop with this is that, um, just like financially, you know, I am compounding interest is, is our friend. You know, if you do it right, if you start early and invest in your retirement, it, it compounds over, over the life of your investment. And I, I really believe that's the same between a father and a son and actually a daughter as well, but not, we're talking about father and sons. And so the, the amount of time that you invest in your, in your young sons from very young toddler and up will compound. And um, if, if you don't really invest in your children when they're really young, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like the toddler pre-elementary, then, then middle school and high school becomes really, really hard. Um, but, um, and it's, and it's definitely, you know, redeemable. But if you spend the time and, and really invest in your children when they're young, middle school and high school becomes actually really fun because you, you've sowed the seeds of relationship. And so they're not like, where are you? Yeah. I, I've, I've been with you since you were, you know, a toddler. And then, and then to be honest, and after that, then college and post-college becomes even more satisfying because it continues to build. And um, I, I have a, just a significant relationship with all of my young adult children and um, absolutely love it. And it, it really is a, a result of, it, you know, it doesn't happen accidentally. I think that's why yeah. ISI is so significant. It's like you, you don't like accidentally um, cultivate a relationship with your children. It's, it's a very intentional thing. So that's a long answer. That's a whole nother, another podcast. Yeah. I could go on forever about the father and son. But, but the funny thing about it, Nick, what I love about what I'm doing now in the space is that it really does dovetail. Um, you know, I didn't really want to start a father-son business uh, or nonprofit um, at this point. But, but I really find as I'm coaching men that um, I step into some pretty you know, strategic times oh, yeah. um, as they're trying to navigate that space. Absolutely. Well, obviously it piqued my interest. I have three boys and they're young. They're, you know, seven, seven and three, but, uh, definitely I mean, I can see the, the seeds that are being, you know, sowed right now are, are, oh, yeah. are so important. Um, it can only be more important as they navigate and mature and go through different stages of their life. Um, so I love that. I love that. You know, then you give three nuggets or I love you. I'm proud of you. And this is what you're good at. Is there anything like that in the inverse that dads want to hear that their kids want to share? That's a great question. Um, that's a really good question, Nick. Um, I think I think a dad would love to hear, uh, you know, to keep it in in step with um, kind of the biblical mm-hmm. um, principles, just to be honored by their their sons yeah. and daughters, like in mm-hmm. honoring them by speaking value to them. Um, I've, I'm grateful for maybe some gratitude. I think is what um, I, I don't know a, a father that it would be stop. I've heard enough. I'm over encouraged by my kids. <laughs> it's more like yeah. So I, I think that would be honoring to your um, to your father would be to communicate yeah. value. What, what do they mean to you? And mm-hmm. just like a son is never over encouraged. Um, I've re- I mean never. I, I can say that never. <laughs> yeah. And I would say similarly. I, I don't know of any fathers that are like over encouraged. I think generally people in general are pretty discouraged. So any sort of um, value you can give from a father to son or son to a father or father to a daughter, daughter to yeah. father, is extraordinarily powerful. And um, you know, for a son, it's it's kind of like a it's like a ballast of a of a of a sailboat. When, when a son hears, and, and I still sit, share that with my kids who are, you know, um, 22 to almost 30, um, I still tell them, I love them, I'm proud of them and what they're good at. Mm. And they sort of in a mocking way will say, dad, you know, I love you. Um, I'm proud of you and you're really good at something. So mm. they, they kind of give it back to me. Give it back. Yeah. Um, hey, that's good is, too. Yeah. Which, which is kind of fun. But yeah, that's a great question, Nick. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that dynamic. Um I just, I've been just read up on a lot about that and just uh, was re- recently reading a book uh, from uh, Dobson on bringing up boys and mm, uh, yes, a good. lot of this is in there. And so it's, it's um, yeah, 
it's on top of my mind for sure. But it's, I think it feeds into what you shared at the uh, Stay Sharp Saturday regarding, you know, um, the, I think the handout was called Relational Nutrients, mm-hmm. which was like a four quadrant thing. And that's one of the things I wanted to, you know, capture in just a short format here for, um, for the podcast, because I yeah. think there were so many good nuggets in there um, on relationships. And that's one of our, mm-hmm. our five Fs is, you know, um, just family, but also family and key relationships, whatever those yes. may be. So, you know, with your spouse, with your kids, with your neighbors, your friends, uh, colleagues, just like, how do you have great relationships? And I, I thought you had some, some interesting and uh, helpful things that we could kind of extract from that handout. Yeah. Well, uh, it's all based on Townsend's book, uh, People Fuel, who, by the way, just won, you mentioned Focus, he just won an award um, for 2022 hmm. as the most popular, po- uh, the most popular interview of all of 2022 was on people fuel. Hmm. And uh, so there's 6 million, view- 6 million view- viewers uh, voted him as that was the best. And I think it kind of speaks to wow. this, this idea of like, how do I cultivate friendships? How do I communicate love? And, you know, when you, when you first get married, I'll speak on my behalf. <laughs> when I first got married, I was like, well, if my wife really loved me, she would know what I need. Right. <laughs> and if I really loved her, I would know what she needs. And the bottom line is I have no idea what she needs and she doesn't know what I need unless I tell her or she tells me. And so, you know, I mentioned, I think I mentioned on that Saturday morning that, um, the first 20, I think the first 29 years of my life, of my marriage, I, I thought I was, was doing really well. I mean, I thought I was crushing it <laughs> to be honest, mm-hmm, <laughs> very yeah. motivated and intentional. And it, good, wasn't yeah. the, it, it wasn't until the last three years I realized actually I, I was missing a lot. And, and my wife would say, and, and I can, I can, you know, there are moments that I can overstate, mm-hmm. but this is not, this is a direct quote. She said, she, I've grown more the last three years than the previous 29 years of marriage mm-hmm. in the area of the emotional realm. And so when it comes to the nutrients, um, it, to unpack this a bit more, um, you know, biblically, it's, it starts in Genesis 2.18. And that is, uh, this is Adam and God in perfect relationship. No sin entered the world and yet. And um, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. Hmm. And he goes on, I'll, I'll provide a, a suitable helper. But the principle is he created us to need people. There, there, it's actually a need. And um, that's, that's hard for a lot of us guys <laughs> to admit like, wait, I need, yeah. yeah, we were created to need. Um, and that, that's a, that's a tough one because I feel like most of my life, including my life of, um, 20, whatever, eight years or, or so as a follower of Christ, um, I, I was sort of indirectly taught that I, yeah, you need a small group. I will say that's good. And you need to have friends in your life. That's good. But, but a lot of my, my stuff, I'm, I'm kind of, was model, well, you kind of work that out yourself, you know, go home mm. and have a quiet time. I'm for quiet times, right? Hey, you're struggling, go away for the weekend by yourself. And, and so, so a lot of what I, I grew up um, in, it was, was either it was implicitly taught or I just picked it up or it was just maybe my four family of origin issues. But, but I, I kind of grew thinking um, needs were, were not that good. They were sort of bad. Hmm. Um, and so in, in to, to compound that, um, what I learned, and this is kind of, um, we'll, we'll talk about this on at the retreat is that our needs primarily, I believe are underneath our difficult emotions. Um, so there's negative and positive emotions. I call negative emotions difficult because negative sounds so negative. So we just call them difficult emotions. And so, you know, most of the time we, uh, I'll, I'll speak on my behalf. Um, I spend a lot of my life, um, denying my difficult emotions or, or at least not allowing myself to feel them. I would let myself feel them for big, big things. You know, a funeral, I could be sad, but kind of the run of the mill, um, difficult emotions like, um, feeling slighted or mm. discouraged or sad because of, of something not happening the way I wanted to, or, or, ang- or a little bit of angry, Mm-hmm. You know, and so I, I just, to be honest, I thought uh, for the longest time, and this is, this is, uh, you know, it's kind of sad to admit it, but, but I thought that sin, that, that difficult emotions were sin. 
So how am I working with that? That's, that's not good. If, if it's true that needs reside under difficult emotions, and I think difficult emotions are sin, I, I'm, I'm kind of struggling. I'm on the struggle bus. Because how, how can I even reach out to people if I don't even know what my need is because I kind of stuff all my difficult emotions? And so that was kind of a new journey for me the last three years. And, you know, it's, it's, um, it's, it's been a fascinating uh, journey of, of learning and, and kind of reorienting my mind and my soul to what the Bible says more fully, right? And, and a fuller understanding of Jesus, uh, God incarnate, is that he was a man, the God-man, who was very aware of and experienced difficult emotions. And mm. so if Jesus, <laughs> I was like, you might be thinking, duh. Well, if Jesus feel, feels difficult emotions, then it must not be sin because Jesus without sin. So I can feel difficult emotions. So, so for me, um, interestingly, um, I, would, I, would, I would kind of um, describe the difficult emotions that I was not allowing myself to feel or suppressing. It's kind of like paper cuts. You know, paper cuts, I hate paper cuts. You kind of get a paper cut and you go, ouch, and you just kind of move on. Like, that was just a bummer, right? And that's kind of how it was with different, like, I'd feel a different emotion, like, ah, and I would just stuff it. Yeah. Um, And that would happen. And this is, this happened when I was married early on and and actually until about three years ago, um, almost quarterly, something would happen. And I wouldn't know what it was, but there was something wrong. There was something inside me that I didn't know what was happening. And I would call it, I was in kind of a funk. And my wife, what's going on? I, I don't know. And I would just kind of withdraw. And as I reflect on those, those years, decades together, I realized what was happening was um, a, a many, many, many little cuts of difficult emotions that I did not allow myself to feel. And they would kind of boil up, kind of like a, um, a teapot on the, mm-hmm. on the stove. And it would, it would be like a quarterly sm- slow burn and eventually it would pop. And, and so once I began to allow myself to feel in honor, I, I would say kind of honor difficult emotions, uh, I haven't had one of those since I've done that. Hmm. I've not had a funk, and my wife would say this. She's like, wow. And it, it's just honoring those difficult emotions and really learning. And this is a whole different topic, but learning to integrate both good and bad right? Difficult and, and not difficult, difficult and good. And that's really helped me. So I share that to kind of give you as, as kind of the beginning of um, understanding what your needs are. It, it's so like, if I'm sad, I wonder what I'm, what, what's going, what I need underneath there. Because hmm. really, um, if we're unable to identify those difficult emotions, it's going to be very difficult to know what it is I need, right? So that that's the the first part of it is, is realizing first we were created to need, second that we have um, these difficult uh, emotions. You know, I, I put it this way, and I'll, I'll talk about it on Saturday. But it's like emotions are neither good nor bad; they're just emotions. Hmm. You know, it's like I think I mentioned this on Saturday morning. It's like it's like the check engine light on your car. You know, when your three boys get older. And they start driving, and it maybe makes your hands sweat as I say that. It made my hands sweat. Um, you, you, show, you tell them, okay, if this light goes on the dashboard, do this, right? Check yeah. engine light. Okay, you pull over immediately, right? That, that's bad. Or maintenance required or low air in your tires. It's all telling you what's going on in the engine, right? What's going on in the car. That's what emotions are like. Hmm. They're like the dashboard of our lives, and they tell us what's going on. And so instead of suppressing them, thinking, huh, I wonder what that's trying to tell me, hmm. right? I'm angry. I wonder why I'm angry or I'm feeling lonely. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder what, you know, so, so that's what's so, I think, powerful about that. But for most of us, I'll say me, for me, th- that's, just, that's a new one for me. Like, oh, and, and the, the other part of that is that we connect. This is, the, this is fascinating because I, I think this is where I, I can... Uh, I can step into ISI and, and I think it will resonate. And that is we do not connect with someone intimately through information, but through emotion. Hmm. That's where intimacy is. Yet, right, for men, what are you talking about? Intimate with a guy? Ugh, how do I do that? Well, that's what the nutrients kind of give a very practical way to do that. Yes. Well, that's... Let's go into because I think this is a. I mean, for myself, for sure. I mean, this sounds so silly to even say, but I remember um, 
not that long ago, I was on a, we were on vacation, like a family vacation. And we were there for like two weeks and family was there for like the first week and they all left. And it was, then it was like our group and it was still great. Our immediate family was there, but I was like, wow. I'm like, I'm like, I, I was like just sharing with Nancy. I'm like, I'm like sad. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, she's like, I'm like, it's weird. Like, why do I feel it? I'm like, is this like a new thing? Cause I'm like, we're dad and like, right. what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, have you never felt like, you know, that you miss somebody like that negative, you know, like not that yeah. it's a negative emotion. It's just, it's just a feeling that you have. And I'm like, it's just weird. And it I'm is. like, and I didn't used to like, you know, like when you, we had the babies and they came out like crying, I'm like, what's, what's going on? And this involuntary tearing, I call it. She's <laughs> like, that's okay. Like it's, it is. it's totally normal, but it, you know, it's just not, um, he just, I guess feels left-handed, you know, cause it, you're, I don't yeah. know. It's culturally. Why do you think it is for you, Nick? Why, why do you think it's, uh, it's kind of a new, like, what do you think contributed to your understanding, embracing difficult emotions like that? Just there, I don't know. Maybe I don't know if it's more, you know, different like life events that were happening that made me just be more aware. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I yeah. think definitely something seems like it's changed as fatherhood entered the, yeah. the scene. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah, because because really, the um, I, I think there's a lot of things that contribute to it. Family of origin makes a difference. Um, I, my family of origin was one where we suppressed mm. our difficult emotions. So that I learned that. And then I don't think the church at large is, does really knows to do with emotions. <laughs> I'll just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, some 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 denominations do, but the kind of the mainline evangelical yeah. is like I don't know what to do with those. So we'll just kind of ignore them. Um, and then the one that I think I thought about recently, Nick, were you an athlete at all in high school or college? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So interesting. Like uh, I played basketball in high school, pretty average. Um, but you remember, um, if you play basketball, uh, suicides. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. Unfortunate name, right? But, um, suicide. <laughs> so the point of a suicide is like you, you're, you're, you're telling your body not to listen to it. Yeah. And you're pushing through. Now, on, on one level, yeah. it, it makes sense um, for preparing, conditioning for a basketball game. Mm-hmm. On another level, you're teaching your body to not listen to itself, which mm-hmm. is fascinating to me. Now, you add that. Now, I, I was not. My daughter played collegiate basketball for five years. Um, I, I never played college sports. Um, but, but think about an elite athlete. Mm-hmm. What are they telling their body? For, yeah, for many minutes, it's like, don't like, I remember my daughter playing basketball, uh, AAU basketball. And, and in particular, one, one gal on her team was, had all this, this nonverbal emotion was taken out. Yeah. You don't show emotion. Right. So, so I think that's contributed to a lot of us guys that have been any sort of, it doesn't have to be like, you know, elites, but just like basic high school, anything mm-hmm. emotions are listening to your body. I mean, what do you, you, you push through, Oh, you got to yeah. push through, suck it up. Right. And it, and it's sort of, you know, we're, we're teaching our bodies. And again, uh, there's, there's, it's not all bad. There's some good to that, but, but it doesn't serve well 20 years later. It just yeah, it's, it's and it's hard to distinguish. I mean, my um, like my wife is an Ironman athlete, and like you know, you in order to do that, you just have to push through. And a lot of yes. us listen to, you know, like Jocko Wilnick is somebody I like listening to. Yeah. I like his books, yeah. Extreme Ownership. Like just you know, yeah. tame the inner voice. You know, like yeah. all this yeah. all this said. And uh, you know, there's this there's this other side of it, which I think you know, each one of have it, it's a place. So how do you distinguish that in like a physical environment where you need to push and you you can't That's listen it. to the fact that your feet hurt and you got to run through? Right. But at the same time, when you, you know, have a, a feeling because <laughs> you miss somebody, uh, you know, how, do you suppress that and just, yeah. like you said, stuff it? Or, you know, how do you, how do you address that correctly? And that's, that's kind of what you got to. I think that's, that's super cool to think about growing um, yeah. your emotional oh, awareness, sure. intelligence, however you want to put it. Yeah. And you gave us a framework, which is really cool. I'm like, all yeah, right, for let's sure. do this. I, I'm going to get to it in a minute. I want to share one other thing as a resource for uh, people who might be listening because I think, yeah. um, you know, part of it's having a vocabulary <laughs> of emotions, right? So Brene Brown in her book, Atlas of the Heart, um, uh, she said after, they, I think she surveyed 3,000 people and, and there's three primary emotions that most people know of, happy, sad, and angry. And then this book, which I highly recommend, it's, it's a, it's a very, it's like a coffee table book. It's a great book. Um, her book describes 78 emotions and experiences. So, so you brought it from three to 78 and it's, and it's just, it's really mm-hmm. intriguing, very helpful to expand our vocabulary. 
So, so back to relational nutrients. So here's, when you look at the four quadrants, um, they, they do sort of go in a sequential manner. Now, the problem with you and me and most men is that we spend all day long solving problems, right? That doesn't matter where you are. You can be in full-time ministry, you're solving problems. Yeah. You could be an entrepreneur, solving problems. You could be a CEO, CIO, whatever. I mean, that's all we do. And, and, and if you're successful, uh, you, you keep you keep moving up. You, you, that's what we do all day long. And so, of course, when we come home, <laughs> it's easy to continue to solve problems. And, and I, w- I was quick with that. I was like, honey, this is so easy. Like, what are you yeah. doing? Discipline our children. How hard can it be? Right? <laughs> Slugging it away with four kids. Like, uh, so, so when you look at the quadrants, the be present is to be there uh, and be there for someone with fewer words. We typically go straight to quadrant four which is we're pushing to practical steps. We're, we're trying to solve a problem. We're giving unsolicited advice. Mm-hmm. So really, uh, t- you know, you kind of work your way through quadrant one being present, quadrant two conveying the good, to three providing reality, and then the call to action. And, and what I, the way that I do it now is that I'll say, can I, is it if I give you some thoughts about this? Like I'll ask for permission. Mm-hmm. Whereas before I knew this paradigm, I'd be like, well, let me tell you <laughs> back mm-hmm. when I was your age. So the being present, if there was one quadrant that uh, men uh, could value from, in fact, there's actually uh, in the be present, there, there is a nutrient. Again, the nutrients are, um, a, it's a very practical way to think about loving one another. It, it's, it's like, just like we, we need nutrients to survive. We need relational nutrients. It's such a great paradigm. And so we need fuel to live. We need relational nutrients to live. We need another way to put this in a theological framework is that we need to experience love from one another. And that's really what this is uh, mm-hmm. in a theological realm. It, it's not this, you know, slick, humanistic, I can kind of work my up and look how great I am. It's like, no, it's actually helping the people that you love and you want to love you, how to do that in a very practical way, right? And so instead of, um, so I'll give you an example. So the, uh, my wife and I were walking, we were, we were going on a walk and I said, honey, I need, I just really need you to attune to me, right? And so we're walking and I'm telling her the story and then she starts moving into quadrant four. I'm like, I, I'm like, honey, I, I, that's not attunement. <laughs> attunement is simply being aware of what another is experiencing and responding to it. Mm-hmm. Attunement's not solving the problem. And so it was just really helpful for our relationship um, to do that. I was, I was talking to my youngest son who knows this framework and, and I, I was saying something. He goes, dad, way to go to quadrant four. I didn't ask for that. I'm like, okay, well yeah. done. <laughs> and so, so, so if you could do one of these nutrients and have a 95% chance of he- connecting with someone, it would be attunement. Mm. And that is it, another way to look at attunement is getting in the well. It's, it's, it's just getting next to someone saying, I get it. That's really hard, mm. which is so hard. It's so hard to do because we want to solve the problem, right? Especially if it's someone we care about. Like, ah, oh, I can tell you how to get out of this. No, I, just to sit with them. So, so interestingly, so how this works is say, Nick, you and I are, are really good friends. And, um, and I, let's say that I um, had a conversation with someone and I, I just felt um, dismissed. I don't know if you ever felt that way with someone. Yeah. Uh, but I felt dismissed, right? And, then, and that made me really sad, angry, uh, disappointed, right? And I, and I kind of sat like that. I just feel that. Mm-hmm. And then I asked the question, what do I need? So I look at quadrant one. Hmm. I would love to get some acceptance, some attunement with someone to validate that what I felt was legit. Mm-hmm. And so here's the thing. I, I think my old paradigm was this, is I would say, I need acceptance. Okay, I'm going to read my Bible how Christ accepts me. Now, that's 100% true, right? I'm not saying don't do that, but that is in our head. That's a cognitive, most of the time, cognitive connection with me and God. Mm-hmm. I move to you and say, Nick, can, you got a few minutes to talk? Yeah, great. Hey, I want to tell you the situation, da, da, da. And I said, what I need from you is acceptance, attunement, and validation. And you say, ah, oh, Mark, ah, oh, I get that. I've had that so frustrating. I just want you to know I accept you as you are. Mm. And, and I get, and, and what you're feeling is so legit. Like I would feel the same way, right? Mm. So here's, here's what happens. Here's the trick. This is, what's, this is what kind of blows my mind. So it goes from a, cognitive, a purely cognitive experience 
to an emotional experience between you and me. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm telling you, instead of calling you and say, Hey, Nick, how's it going? Well, I, I'm, well, I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm off. Right. It's like, okay. Yeah. But I'm actually, I'm, I'm like, I'm asking you what I need. And then you're able to provide it to me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I actually can, exp- so another way to put this is this is a need that I have. I move towards you, Nick, and you give me what I need. In other words, you live out Christ's love towards me in a very practical way. Mm-hmm. That's the genius of this. Now, what happens between you and me, I, I think there's something spiritual that happens. I think there's something emotional that happens, but, but something does happen. And so um, that's how that works. Uh, I'll give you another, uh, I'll give you more. I know you, I think someone said, hey, talk some more examples. So I have another example. Well, this, okay. this, is, this is the most recent one that happened. Yeah, I was going to ask a question. Okay. This happened recently. Um, so I, uh, a friend of mine, um, I'm going to keep it generic in case he listens to this. So a friend of mine <laughs> uh, betrayed me. Okay. That's a pretty strong emotion. Yeah, that's a very strong emotion. And um, I had about a 15 minute conversation with him. I, I didn't get the whole story, but I got enough that I felt that this guy threw me under the bus. Um, and I just felt betrayed, hung up the phone. I was like, oh, my word. And so in my, my emotions, I felt I felt uh, angry. I felt uh, betrayed. I felt um, I felt I was I was really sad because I thought mm-hmm. I lost this this relationship. I was frustrated. Um, I was mad. And so, so here's the thing. I knew in my head, right? I knew that this guy was a man of character. Yeah. I knew he was faithful to me. But man, I felt betrayed. Yeah. I felt so betrayed. So what do you do with that, right? I'll tell you what I did. I actually reached out to a couple of friends for some nutrients. I said, hey, this happened. I need some, attun- some attunement, some acceptance, validation. They gave that to me, right? I received it. I, my fuel increased. So you can picture my mm-hmm. fuel tank grew. And I, I still felt it. I'm not, it wasn't like, but it was, so, it was kind of, it was a low, it was kind of a, a dull feeling. It wasn't so heightened. I just like, kind of felt that, but it wasn't enough to keep me awake. And so I slept fine that night. The next day I met with this guy. We resolved it, by the way. And he goes, hey, I'm so really sorry that this, hap- this happened and that you, you might have had a, sl- a sleepless night. I said, no, I, didn't, I slept great. <laughs> because, because this, um, and I told him, by the way, I said, it wasn't your issue. This is mine. This is me. These emotions are my responsibility, not yours. And so I, I, I told him, I reached out. And this guy knows a model, so it was really fun. So I, like, I reached out to some friends. They gave me my nutrients. So here I am. And so what it did is I could enter into, not only did I sleep well, but I entered into this conversation with this guy um, in a loved position. So, so I could enter in not looking to get, but to give. Hmm. And it changed the whole tone of the conversation. And, and we, it, it went, I mean, we resolved it. And it was, there was more to the story. He actually didn't betray me. But what I heard was betrayal, but there was, there was, there was another, he actually, it was the exact opposite. Hmm. But that's just an example. Same thing with my relationship with my wife. Like, here's the thing, here's the other p- problem I, th- I find with a lot of couples. And that is we, and they, they learn this, this, this paradigm of these nutrients, which is, which is good. But if the only person I have in my life is my wife to get these nutrients, 20 years later, she is going to be so tired. <laughs> Right. There's that going on. She's going to be fatigued. But secondly, what do you do, Nick, when you and your wife are both sucking air? You both are deficient with nutrients. And that's why I really firmly believe that we need uh, same sex friends that understand this paradigm that we can move towards. Your wife has women she can move to, men that I, you have men that you can move to, and, and receive those nutrients and enter back into the relationship. Not that you leave, but, but you're coming back to your wife fully fueled up and loved right yeah i had a guy i was coaching with and this this was next level man i i don't know how this happened like i would never have done this but i was so proud of him he's like he was having this argument with his wife right and he's like what he, he literally said you know what I, I can't do this anymore right now she goes what do you mean like i, I just can't right i need a t- I need a time out can you imagine like <laughs> and she was so mad mm. so he t- called a timeout. he moved away he actually texted a group of people uh, in this leadership court that I lead. 
and told him what was going, told us what was going on and said, I need this, this, and this, this told us what he needed. We gave it to him. He took it and he moved back and then he was in a spot and it went a totally different direction because he, he got awesome. his, his nutrients met. He got his needs met outside the relationship, went back in, loved her and they resolved the conflict. Is that yeah. unbelievable? I'm like, what on earth? <laughs> I never would have done that. I was yeah. like, I would have, what I would have done is left and pouted and given the silent treatment as a good godly man. Like if she, if she knew, if she really loved me, she knew what I need. <laughs> right. So that, that, it, it really gives, um, so, so marriage, that's a marriage deal, but just for like your, your children, um, the power of this, right. Your, your son is, is just kind of, um, feeling really frustrated. And you get down your hands and you're like, buddy, wow, I can say you'd be really frustrated by that. Mm-hmm. Right? Instead of stop crying. Yeah. Okay. I said that. Um, but well, so but like just get like attuning with what they're feeling. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? At such a young age. Yeah, that's to the, get in the well with them. I, lo- I mean, I yes. love that. that oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. So I think what I was um, just want maybe you know, clarification on, or just kind of your guidance on is I understand these quadrants. So, you know, quadrant one being present, getting in the well with them. And then all, at the end of the spectrum is call to action. So, uh-huh. you know, recommend, here's where we go. Stop crying, like move on. Yeah. Um, you know, let's, that's the problem solver uh, quadrant. Yeah. So between those two is, you know, the quadrant two is convey the good. So, um, you know, drawing attention to the positive things or, you know, yes. pr- provide confidence in what's going on. And then, you know, quadrant three being provide reality. So mm-hmm. in, in any of these situations and in any of these examples that you give, how do you know where, I mean, do you always start at quadrant one or? I, I think you, at the very beginning, kind of like the turning wheels, I would always start in quadrant one okay. because it's such a foreign concept um, it, for us. So again, this is a, this is a tool that we use for us to identify what we need. Right. So, but, but it just takes, you know, I've been practicing this for about three years, so I'm pretty, I'm, I'm, I, have, I have a long way to go, but I'm, I'm way more, I understand a lot more. When I first started, I was like, what on earth are you guys talking about? This is like a foreign concept. What do you mean? Yeah. A nutrient. But now I'm like, oh, not only do I understand what they are, and, and I, can, I, can ex- I can ask for them. So mm-hmm. it's interesting when you go to quadrant two, for example, um, and this is the one that I think uh, is again, some of the residue from, from my upbringing, the church, whatever, is that like celebration, acknowledging a win. We don't do that mm-hmm. very well, mm-hmm. right? Hey, no. I just want to let you know, Nick, uh, <laughs> I just signed my biggest contract yesterday. So yeah. I just want some celebration. Yeah. Mark, that's amazing. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's yeah, like, right on. Yeah. and so it's actually, I just need some celebration or, you know what? I am really struggling right now. Um, I don't know how this, this, this month is going to, I'm going to make it, um, with my financials. I just need some hope from you that it actually is going to happen. Hmm. So some rally based confidence in the future. Right. And so you, Oh, Mark, we've seen it the previous, you know what I mean? So, it, so it just depends on what, you know, part of it's what you need. And, but, but I think the, the quadrant one is, um, is the part that is, is I think the easiest entry point. And it's, it's where we, we mostly need, to work on because I think it's so deficient. Yeah. <laughs> At least I, I experienced such deficiency in quadrant one, but there's times that like in quadrant three, it's like, Hey, I just need, um, I need some, some perspective. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm looking at this potential pivot in my business and Hey, can you give me some perspective on this? Or, you know, my wife and I have this conversation and I, I just need your perspective. What do you think about this? Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, so I think it's, you can go through them. It's not like you can say, Oh, Mark's at quadrant one. Can't go to quadrant three. You can go to any of them you want, but here's the deal. You as a person wanting to be loved are asking someone to meet that need through one of these 22 relational nutrients. Okay. So I, uh, that's where I was, I was framing this in the mind of like, when I'm coming into my kids, okay. you know, something they're yeah, going yeah. through, where do I enter? I didn't realize that you were framing this more like what you need and, you know, well, um, it can be both because I would say our kids don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what point they understand this. Um, but yeah, so for you, yeah, exactly. Okay. So that makes sense. So the question you're asking me is how, where do, in terms of starting with your children, I still would live in quadrant one. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say, like, it's not to say we don't give uh, perspective, clarification, feedback, insight. But yeah. if I was going to say where we err, it's we err in being present with our kids. Yeah, for sure. So it's not, that's the beautiful thing about it. It's not like we be, be present and let everything go. It's like, no, be present and mm-hmm. like, hey, buddy, when, when I ask you to do something, 
Um, so you kind of like respect, um, I want you to do it. And you and kind if of you feel don't do it. There's a consequence, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's almost like it naturally. Like I think of times where maybe I've done this well, where I have just, okay, I could, man, I understand how you feel that way. You know, just, just get in there well with them. And then it kind of just naturally leads around these quadrants. And again, yeah. we'll, we'll put this, if it's okay, we'll put this qu- um, on the sure. show notes yep. so people can like visually see this maybe as they're listening to it. Um, because, uh, sure. Yeah, it just naturally leads to, okay, well, you know, now they need some encouragement. Maybe and now it's, yeah. you know, maybe we're moving kind of down the action of like helping to solve it, but you can't just jump in right to the end. Right. So. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. It's funny. Like, again, I thought I was crushing it. <laughs> and I look back, I'm like, and so the great thing about what I do now on coaching is I'm literally helping these men, um, like your age and a little older, but like kind of like the, you know, from, six and up age mm-hmm. kids and helping these dads learn how to get in the well with their kids. I'm like, ah, I wish I would have mm-hmm. done that. <laughs> and I might've done it a little bit, but, I, but yeah. this is, this is so next level. If you could, um, well, it's just, yeah, I, I think of this as a skill. I mean, I look at this yeah, and I think this sure. isn't just, you know, maybe this comes natural to you based on, you know, your experiences, who you are. But I think, um, I can look at this and it's a, it's a skill to develop, you know, for Absolutely. me when I look at this for sure. I agree. I absolutely agree. It's awesome. Yep. Well, um, I love this. I, I think this is a great, um, you know, skill for for all the guys to to have and to grow in their relationship. And as they're trying to um, just have more impactful, meaningful relationships with all of you know, with their family, their spouses, their kids, their friends, their neighbors, coworkers. Um, yep. Super powerful. So thank you for sharing that. And um, I'm sure the guys who come to the Columbus retreat will, you know, get a deeper dive on it. So they're lucky. Um, <laughs> but as we um, as we wrap up and just some kind of some closing questions, uh, pretty much ask these to everybody, but for you we talk about joy and happiness, um, Mark, for what, for you, what, what brings you the most joy? I think what brings me the most joy is helping men, uh, learn how to live an integrated life where they're able to identify how they feel, experience the feeling and move towards someone to ask that need to be met. That brings mm-hmm. me great joy. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Love that. That's Absolutely awesome. Love that. Yep. Really cool. Well, you mentioned, I was going to ask you about books, maybe when you're reading now, you mentioned uh, Brene Brown's book earlier. Um, yeah. I mean, a couple books I would recommend, uh, People Fuel. That's mm-hmm. a great one. Uh, Try Softer by Andy Kolber, K-O-L-B-E-R, is a really, really good book. Hmm. Um, uh, the one that I'm reading right now I, 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 is called The Good Life. Hmm. It's um, lessons from the world's longest scientific study on, of happiness. Hmm. And so interestingly, the, I'll give you the punchline of the book. Yeah. It's relationships. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it ties right into the, to, to the 22 relationship nutrients. Uh, the men uh, that have had the most satisfying life, the most meaningful and satisfying life are the men that had friendships. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's kind of a, so I want to, I got this book. I thought I, I need to, I need to read this. Um, <laughs> Cause I want to learn more about that. Yeah, no, for sure. I remember, uh, uh watching the, uh, it was a documentary about the blue zones where people live long lives. And, uh, yeah. part of that was that they were basically just around people and at the pub and just, they just had a full life. Um, they weren't, they weren't, uh, isolated. Yeah, for sure. So, um, awesome. Well, what about a life verse? Is there one that you have, uh, you know, it's funny, on? Nick, I, I, the one that I have that I, uh, it, it's, it's reflective of where I am in my growth mm. and yeah. it's changed, Yeah. but the one it's and it's, it's one, uh, I'm going to be vulnerable with you because it was kind of one that I use as a punchline for most of my life. And now I think it's one of the most profound verses ever. And it's related to this idea of feeling a difficult emotions as, and it's simply the John eleven thirty five 35, that Jesus wept. Lazarus was dead and Jesus wept. Hmm. And I literally used to laugh at that. Ha ha. Like surest verse, of the Bible, Jesus. And now I'm like, Oh my word. Like hmm. God incarnate felt sadness. Hmm. I want to be able to, to, and, and I really believe that, um, one of the things that's most troubling to me with men that I, that I know and I work with is that they don't understand that to be an image bearer of God is to be someone who actually can feel positive and difficult emotions. Mm-hmm. When we don't feel difficult emotions, we're not image, imaging God. 
So that that's one that um, I just have been, I, I can't move past that. It's, just, mm, it's, yeah. it's a profound, it's so profound to me. I love it. Well, Mark, I gotta, I gotta thank you for investing in, you know, taking the time to be with us on the Stay Sharp Saturday and here on the podcast and then speaking at the upcoming retreat and just, and also your calling of, geez, all the, all the time um, serving with crew and, and now what you're doing with uh, your coaching business. Um, just uh, the impact on people and the lives and the uh, the ripple effect that's going to have in their on their families and the community. So, I just um, you know thankful for you and you know appreciative thanks. of the relationship and uh, you just taking the time. So, thank you. Absolutely, thanks, Nick. I appreciate you uh, giving me some time to process some of these things. So, yeah, absolutely. It. Would you uh, close us down in a word of prayer? Yeah, Lord, I want to thank you so much for. Um, just the insight on, on how to practically, practically love one another. Um, you, you tell us that great commandments to love you and to love one another. And, and this is such a practical way to share with our friends what we need and asking to love us in the way in which we need to be loved and that we can actually experience you through our friends. Lord, thanks uh, for this time. And, and I pray for any men or women that are listening to this that are just feeling alone that they would take a risk and move towards a friend and just tell them that, and that they would be able to experience acceptance and, and uh, affirmation and, and even attunement to that mm. loneliness. And Lord, thanks for this time. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I hope you got some great nuggets there from the talk with Mark. I certainly did. Uh, always some new books to check out and um, just some new tools and things to help you um, you know, make you a better version of yourself and live the life that God has designed for you. So I, uh, just a couple of things that I took away from the call where number one is just in that, in the concept of relational nutrients, just, um, you know, understanding what I need really just starting there. I was always thinking about this and how I can help others because I tend to want to solve problems and help other people, but just even thinking about myself, um, and looking in the mirror, like, what do I need in this situation and bringing awareness to that was huge. Um, and so, you know, but for others too, like just start at the beginning, uh, go sit with people. Like I just use an example. I'm not, I'm not sure why this popped in my mind, but if, you know, one of my best friends lost, let's say their, you know, their brother or a parent or someone really close to them, really, you know, you're just naturally would be just to go with them, just be next to them, be, you know, be side by side. Like that's what they need. They're not looking for, you know, solve problems. You can't solve that problem. They just want you there. And that's a lot of times where we can just start with relationships and just get in the well with those people. So that's what I first, uh, you know, took away and just, just to start there as opposed to jumping in solving problems. Um, I love the the three things that all kids want to hear. You know, I love you. I'm proud of you. And here's what you're good at. I thought that was really cool. Uh, and then it had some great books. Um, you mentioned Bernie Brown, that there's a book about 78 emotions. Um, you know, when we tend to kind of just have the three of happy, sad, or angry. So I'm excited to discover what those other 75 <laughs> emotions are. So thank you for listening. I uh, hope this was a blessing to you and uh, stay sharp and sharpen others by sharing this podcast, uh, inviting or attending a retreat um, and stay sharp and God bless everybody.